0: Hi, this is Al of Resurrections, and Adam Warlock and Thanos podcast, and proud member of the Collective, and you're listening to Into the Night, the Moon Knight podcast.
1: Yes, welcome back Loony listeners. You are listening to Into the Night, the Moon Knight Podcast. This is episode 227. I'm your hyper Sakanchi Ray G'day. How you going? And joining me again back in the chair, back ready to review a comic is Andrew. Sure. Andrew. Welcome back.
0: Thank you for having me back after last time. It's nice to know that you actually wanted me to come back.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, um, for sure. I mean, you're a huge Moon Knight fan, and we have got a humdinger, as they say, uh, for this episode. So, loonies, if you look up into the night sky, it is a waxing crescent, and that means it is our lunapic, a Modern Run review, so a comic from... 2000s onwards and uh, we're going to be looking at Moon Knight special edition number 1 featuring Chong Chi uh this should be a br- a brilliant interesting discussion uh, as always a big thank you to our gracious patronies listed as co-producers and executive producers on the episodes uh and yeah patrons can be uh seen in the show description as well they're all credited there Uh, so a big thank you to daniel justin Derek, kyle wayne jordan josh james anthony and michael Uh, also fringe night by daniel doing an original indie comic based on Erie, pennsylvania's very own mysterious superhero go check out his gofundme Uh, it's going well and finally hello headphones empowering gamers to play at their best and dreamland comics the superhero superstore Okay, Andrew, I know you have your floppy ready at the ready. Ready to roll. There it is. Let's dive <laughs> into it. Um, so Lenny's uh, for those that have just joined and unfamiliar with what we're doing, we're going to go through, uh, giving some credits to Moon Knight Special Edition Volume 1, Issue 1. Uh, and they are, I might as well just say it now, released October 1992. And it actually had two stories in there, Andrews. So um I'm hoping the second story we can just really kind of really briefly just talk about. <laughs> um, so the first one, Explosion at the Centre of a Madman's Crown, a writer Doug Mensch, penciler Art Nichols, uh, inca, Chris Ivey, colorist Mike Thomas, and letterer John Costanza. Now, the backup story is um, is Moon Blight, the motion picture, Ride, uh, writer Michael Higgins, penciler Marie Severin, and inca, and colorist as well. And mm-hmm. Michael Higgins comes back and he letters it uh, as well. So it's a two-person team. Um, now, available... This, uh, as as those that have a video, you can see uh, Andrew has the floppy version, but it's also available on digital uh, and can be seen on Marvel Unlimited. I haven't checked that out, but I reckon it is there. Um, so, Loonies, what we'll do, for those that don't know, uh, we'll go through a bare bones, and that's a summary. So in case you haven't read the comic but just want a summary of it so you know what we're going to be talking about, uh, we'll go through that. Uh, and then, uh, I guess, overall first impressions, and then we'll dive into some aspects. Now, this ranges from writing, art, themes, characterizations, and references to any other runs. And we'll cap it off, Andrew, with a moon rating. Now, I'm not sure if you're familiar. We have two moon rating systems. One is the vanilla rating, and one is the Connishu's rating system. He was my OG co-host back in the day, and he's mm-hmm. given me a nice rating system there trademark of course um, so I'd like to ask you Andrew which one which rating system would you like to choose from
0: Who they're, they're both very good I look I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna have to go with the uh, the vanilla rating though okay. I think yeah <laughs> okay. I think I'm gonna go with the moons although I do really like the connoisseur
1: one oh, connoisseur ones are good they're a bit they're a bit yeah. uh, you know There's a couple of them I don't want to
0: really shout out with my kids <laughs> in the
1: other room. <laughs> well, that's only if the comic's that good, right? That's it. <laughs> or, or that bad. Or that bad. Yes. Um, yeah. So anyway, uh, let's get to it. Um, Andrew, now I haven't really prepped you for this. I have. I've just put your initials in the prompt sheet. Oh, that's all right. Um, are you okay to read uh, a bit of the bare bones? Yeah, for sure. Okay, cool. Well, here it is. Uh, Moon Knight Special Edition, Volume One, Issue One.
0: Brian Nocky used voice projectors and robots to give the impression that Mordillo was still alive and speaking. Uh, he used this ruse to fool impressionable people into believing that his master had overcome death. The fools created a cult to worship Mordillo called the Golden Dawn, and I'm pretty sure that was a real cult too at some point, oh, in the Golden Dawn. Really? It does sound very familiar. <laughs>
1: oh
0: god. <laughs> um, according to Blackjack Tar, the cult is bilking money from its members and brainwashing them into becoming sleeper agents. They are trained to become custom-made terrorists who will eventually be released against targets in Europe, Japan and the United States of America.
1: Moon Knight and Shang-Chi joined forces to investigate the cult since several youths have been recru- recruited into the cult and disappeared. Among them is a trainee of Spectacore's London Division who absconded with embezzled funds from the company and possibly industrial secrets as well. The heroes make their way through Branoki's traps and robotic attacks. They discover Mordillo's skeleton sitting upon a platform, and the heroes destroy the platform, revealing Branoki, who is hiding beneath it. The cultists are disillusioned and come back to their senses. Brunocki attacks the two heroes, but a swift kick from Shang-Chi decapitates him. To escape capture, Branoki activates a self-destruct mechanism, blowing himself and the skeleton to pieces. There you go, Looney. So that was a brief uh courtesy of Wiki, sorry, a nice little brief synopsis, a brief bare bones to get you in the mood. Now, uh, now, Andrew, overall impressions. Now, before we dive into particular notes and facts about this issue, uh, what did you make of this weird
0: pairing? <laughs> it definitely is. It um but it, it reminds me of the the uh what was it? The Marvel Marvel 2 in 1 and the uh the, the Spider-Man uh, and the Thing book as well, the Marvel team-up. Team-ups, yep. Yeah, team-up and two-in-one and where, you know, the, those ones were predominantly Spider-Man teaming up or the Thing teaming up with somebody. And it just had that feel to it. It was like two, a very, two strange pair together stopping some villain. And it, you know, it has no bearing on, it probably has more bearing on uh, Shang-Chi's uh, history more than Moon Knight's. Mm-hmm. It's sort of just Moon Knight was in the right place at the right time to team up with him. And, um... Yeah, it just has that real feel to it. Like it's, it's not a nothing story. It's not a throwaway story. It's just a fun little adventure we get, and then you know, we it's not something we have to dwell on. We just off we go again to the next story.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, no absolutely. I, I totally agree with you on that. With that regards, look, when I first read this, I was massively deflated and disappointed with it. Um, but <laughs> having said that, like I um, since I have read a lot of masters of kung fu. Uh, namely the Doug Mensch and the Paul Galassi, the fantastic run Ooh, yeah. back in the seventies, eighties. Uh, that was just stellar. And so this calls back to a lot of that. And as you say, a lot of this is really shang centric. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually appreciated this a lot more. Um, after having read, uh, the stories in Masters of Kung Fu, uh, which ties into this. So it's not as random as it seems, but there, are, I think there are still some, um, shortcomings to this issue, which kind of hindered it, um, uh, f- to make it, uh, you know, any better than what it ended up being. Um, you know, it's a, a nice comparison that you say to a Marvel team up or a Marvel two in one. Uh, yeah, I didn't. I didn't really consider that, but you, it's, you're right. Um, I, I just saw it as a, a special edition. So I think with that though comes uh, some expectations. If you've got mm-hmm. like this special one off thing, uh, and you really have to deliver if you're if if you're gonna give a special one off, unless of course this is just a cash cow and they're hoping to just like you know um, rake in something. But um, but I guess yeah. Well, I guess we'll get into it. So. Um, Andrew, any first big notes uh, to the story, or what your thought, uh, what your thoughts are to kick us off? I
0: think the biggest thing I noticed, I think, was the and like what you, like you usually do with most comics, it's the art. And I wasn't overly wrapped in the art. I think it it feels a little rushed. It feels a little. It almost feels like this was supposed to be a backup story in something else, mm-hmm. and they pushed it out as a oh we Mark Specter Moon Knight was doing okay. <clears throat> Let's put a like an annual. It's supposed to be like an annual, but it's a special edition. We'll chuck this out there so that oh we can oh people wanted more Moon Knight books. Let's just do that real quick. But it's I don't know. It's that you only see him. You see Mark in like a couple like two pages as Mark. Yeah. And it's that's rough. Like he looks really (laughs) rough. (laughs) I I don't think of being kind there. (laughs) Yeah, I don't like to talk badly about comics because you know. Yeah, of course people put their effort into it, but it's just. It's more. It seems more like an indie book than it does a Marvel book. If that makes sense, like it's. Mm -hmm. It looks like a book that you would. I would buy this if if it was an indie artist working on it, and you bought it, I'd go, "Yep, cool." It's you know, it's a guy who's probably this is not his full time job. He's Mm -hmm. getting you know, he's doing this and being something else at the same time, so he doesn't have the time to really sit down and do it. Where this is a book for Marvel, and you go, Mm. you know, like he, what's that? Like I'm looking at the one page, the page where. Um, it's got Mark talking to people about the Golden Dawn. And Mark looks different in every panel. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. It's it's really inconsistent, unfortunately. And that's that's probably a bit of a letdown with something like this.
1: Yeah, it's something that we take for granted, I guess, as readers, that artists will, uh, number one, will make the, the character consistent in look. Uh, number two, taking it a step further to give each of the characters a distinct look, you, you know, mm-hmm. so it's not just – Look again, you've made me self conscious now, Andrew, about throwing shade on 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 uh, an artist, <laughs> a a, fan, a fantastic artist in his own right. I brought it up for, uh, a couple of times, Fra- Frank Cho. Fantastic mm-hmm. artist, mm-hmm. Um, but to me his his faces they're all the same. Um, yeah, yeah, yep. So those sorts of things that will kind of elevate an artist above um, when you can actually give nuances and um, character to each of the characters. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, I think Art Nichols does uh, that to an extent here. I, I think Shang Chi for the most part looks consistent, which is yeah. good. And and I've got to say, look, uh, a little pet peeve uh, sometimes Asian characters don't look asian in comic books Uh, Mm -hmm. at least he looks asian here so that's that's really cool um yeah but the art yeah i'd have to say it it wasn't one of my favorites um having said that though 1992 i'm just trying to cast my mind back to that time there were a lot of comics out there with with this sort of um i don't i don't want to say rush style but this sort of just like very um Generic simplified art um, and yeah. I'm not saying that that's any good but I'm just saying that it um, or bad I'm just saying that it's part of the time uh, mm-hmm. and maybe that's where it sits in but looking back definitely it hasn't dated well um and I was just thinking and I brought it up before but like. Oh, man, this is a continuation of of a uh, um, a title that Mensch had had written. And he'd written mm-hmm. Moon Knight as well. Um he had Paul Galassi, uh on art for Masters of Kung Fu. Yeah. I reckon as crazy as this story was, if there was like a Galassi drawing this, oh. he could pull it off. I yeah, reckon be he gorgeous. might he yeah. might pull it off and and we I might be a bit a bit uh, a bit more lenient towards this issue, but I think the art really does pull it down, and and it, it does make it look like a. I'm sorry to say, but it does look like a cheaper version version than probably what it could be. Um, yeah, hundred yeah. um, percent. So yeah, so we haven't kicked off well so far. Andrew with <laughs> the with the art, <laughs> with the art. Um, I mean there, there's a, a, a few funky things. I mean, if we're sticking with art as well, there's some really cool things that I guess Art Nichols gets to embellish on. I mean, we get to uh, that that crazy island. I can't even remember what it's called, but you know this whole place. And um, I'm gonna jump. I'm gonna jump to it now. So what we alluded to before, listeners so this heavily references Master of Kung Fu issues 33 to 35, um, and and it's basically, and it was really well done. It was like a James Bond-esque kind of tale mm-hmm. where Shang-Chi goes into this island and it is crazy bonkers, exactly as you see it in this issue. Um yeah. There's Brunocchi gets introduced there as well. He's some crazy robot who looks like a cartoon. Um So that's all set up in Master of Kung Fu 33 to 35. Now, for anyone coming into this special edition cold and just getting that reveal of Brunocchi at the end, I reckon you would have just been... Like thrown off or or throwing up, you you know, it's such a weird thing, but um, yes, so so reference wise, this very much ties into Master of Kung Fu. So I just wanted to to point that out.
0: And Marvel's Um, usually really good with putting in the you know the asterisks and the in issue, mm -hmm. Master of Kung Fu issue, such and such, and it's not in here,
1: it's not, you know, I've looked
0: over it a few times, so it's not like you can say, Hey, if you want to know what how where this is or what's going on, go back here, and they're usually really on top of it. Yes. Um, But they must have just missed it in this one, unfortunately,
1: which doesn't help. exactly. And and considering that, again, as I said, Mensch wrote both Master of Kung Mm. Fu and Moon Knight, I mean, you've just got to ask the writer, like, you know, oh, what's all this crazy stuff you're doing? Oh, yeah, I did it back in whatever. Okay, (laughs) put that in the editor's note. Um, So, yeah, uh, but, you know, uh, going back to my other point, Art Nichols, what he gets to do is he gets to have fun with this island. Um, (laughs) Yeah. You know, granted, whether or not you like it, the, the pointer brothers, um, those spiky dudes at the end, there's just some weird, <laughs> wacky stuff. There's a huge brain, you know, within a pyramid with all yep. the, uh, um, there are mummies with, I think one of the loonies said, uh, online, mummies with sunglasses. What's going on? So <laughs> it's on the front cover. Uh, so, you know, he gets to branch out in that regard, but I totally agree with you with his Mark Spector. Um, not, not the best. Um, yeah.
0: I think one of my biggest problems too is that there's a scene where they're walking down a, a, a corridor and there's wooden stakes shooting out. Ah, uh, yep. And Shang Chi's still got his full uniform on, and then they get to the next panel, like the next page. He's got no shirt on.
1: Oh, like I didn't notice that. Yeah, right.
0: Yeah, like it just sort of. But then if you look at it, like at the top panel, he's got no shirt. But yeah. then there's two panels in the middle where he is wearing his shirt, and then mm. the bottom panel he's got no shirt on again, and it's oh. like.
1: Come on, that's schoolboy error. Schoolboy error right yeah. there. Yeah, yeah it's, it's,
0: it's a bit baffling, actually. Like, it's one of those things where I would think someone would – like, that's a pretty glaring omission. Yeah. You know, it's just, mm. it just
1: – It kind of begs the question, I think, what you alluded to before, perhaps this might have been a rush job. You know, the editors, mm. oh, let's just get this out. You know, the popularity is high. You know, we, we, can, we can put this on the
0: stands. Um, yeah, we need a certain amount of books out this week, this, this date – Uh, Doug, have you got anything? I've got this short story here. Chuck it in. And they, (laughs) oh, let's give this kid a go because he's, you know, up and coming or something. Chuck it on and off we go. And it, yeah, it's, n- it's,
1: it's never how you want your comics to kind of get started. Like, as no. a, let's do a filler, you know. Let's let's see if we can. So yeah, so um, not much happening there with the arts or <laughs> layouts. Oh look, I think um, essentially, I think layout wise, I think there's nothing wrong with the layouts of the um the mm-hmm. pages. It's pretty solid uh, for the most part. Nothing too, nothing too crazy as well um so we see uh, a lot with the bill Sinkevich and the mensch run in the 80s with moon knight bill oh, just really comics
0: oh. yeah he packs <laughs> it
1: he packs in a lot of panels but he plays with how they kind of work and they flow together um yeah. and he works with the angles he works with straight lines this is pretty much conventional um but i can't really say i can't really fault it for anything uh
0: layout wise um yeah, I, I think, think the art actually gets better towards the end of the story, though. Like once you get to inside the pyramid and he's got the the, <laughs> the teenagers that have been kidnapped, they all yep. have different looks. They all look yeah, consistent, too. So it's sort of almost like he was <laughs> – it's hard to say whether he did it out of order, like it was written out of order, so he ah. drew it. And then the last couple of pages were so, oh, we need a – or it was a story that Doug had yep. and they went, we got to add a beginning and an end to it, quick – Attack on this, like he started writing the story, i oh, we've got to add this, and then they just had to rush out the first couple of pages, which would mm. make a bit more sense because once you get really into it, it actually looks – there's a couple of really nice pages in here.
1: Mm. Well, again, that maybe also feeds into, oh, I don't know, um, into I guess the storytelling as well because uh, it seems – it's a bit weird. there's There's two things happening at once. There's this kind of mystery of – uh, so Shang Chi and Moon Knight want to figure out who's reactivated this island because Mordillo is, for all intents, he's full on dead by the mm-hmm. end of Master of Kung Fu. Um, so there's that mystery, but there's also the mystery of this this mind cult. Um, and and I love the idea that Jack Black, uh, Blackjack Tar. Um, says to Shang-Chi, well, you know, these guys, they're getting brainwashed, you know, taken advantage of, but they could become sleeper agents. And, mm. um, and that, that's, a, I think for me, that's a real threat, you know? Um, mm, so yeah, you, you've got this threat of trying to stop this, but also, um, uh, and Moon Knight says it as well. Uh, he, once he understands it's not only trying to find, uh, that ex-spectacle trainee, but but once he finds the madness of that island and what they're doing, he wants he's invested into it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's some there's some good I guess there's, there's some good plots and and um and um I guess motives in there. Uh, but it kind of falls away a bit to for me towards the end. So I, I'm not sure if that again uh, feeds to what you're saying, Andrew, about maybe they kind of um, chopped and changed this story because we never really get to see it's not resolved what happened to the Spectacore employee, um, mm-hmm. which Mark wanted to, to go there to look for, you know. It, it just started to evolve into uh, this big reveal of Brinocchi and, and that's it. Um, and the, the cultists even as well, like, they, they even say towards the end, oh, they're beyond help, and they kind of just left it at that. It's like, oh, yeah. aren't you going to help them? <laughs>
0: like, it seems like a story that was maybe supposed to be part of the Master of Kung Fu run, mm-hmm. yeah, and it just, they just never got the time to do it um yeah and it, so it's sort of like he's just slapped it all together because you if you read when you're reading it like there's a bigger story in here there's a lot more that could have been put in this could have been like a three or four issue run mm. with this story of kidnapping yep. teenagers to do this sort of stuff and it just seems a bit not not slapped together but he's just tried to put three or four issues of story into effectively half an issue
1: that's a, that's a great point i, I reckon I can, I can i can actually see this being a uh, multi issue at least um mm. it would start to then really read like a, a master of kung fu comic you know where uh, there's a, a little bit more investigating there's uh you know a little bit bit more smoke screens here and there um, yeah. so yeah i mean uh, but again i think it's been and and i think one of the other um, I guess what do you call it? Uh, one of the other things that kind of falls by the wayside is the use of moonlight. You know,
0: yeah, uh, I was just, thinking that too.
1: This is really strange, though, because yeah, as we as we both clearly um, defined, this is very much a shang chi um thing so why is it called moon moon Knight yeah. special edition <laughs> you know cuz he very much he, he does have such a light role in this like mm. um
0: he, he doesn't need to be there like you no. could take him out of the story and except for it being a spectacorp employee there's really no reason for him to be there. Actually, you could almost that. put any other hero in there, or not a, a hero at just all. Just have
1: just have Shang Chi. You're right. You can just yeah. have Shang Chi.
0: <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> there is actually no reason for him to do that because, like, he yeah. goes to he goes to look for those dossiers at the beginning, um, mm. that were too highly confidential, and Shang Chi is there already. <laughs> you yeah. know, yeah. Uh, the only thing he provides the, the the transportation. I've got planes and a parachute, uh, so they get to go to the island. Other than that, he's there fighting. I'm sure shang Chi could could take on the whole thing himself. Yeah. Um Yeah, that's crazy, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, that that's well that's yeah, I didn't consider that, but that's um really throwing that <laughs> thrown that off there with Mooney. How, how did you how did you find Moon Knight's um uh characterisation in this?
0: I think he's pretty consistent with how he was at the time. And I think, you know, uh, Doug Munch writing him he's got you know he like we said he, he wrote him from the start pretty much and so he's got a really good handle on the character and it's it's a lot of the way he talks you know he's a bit of a, a bit of a, uh, a you know he's got he's a bit cocky he's got some you know okay lines in there but it's like I said it, if he wasn't there you wouldn't notice that he wasn't there wasn't someone else there that's the big problem I think too I think mm. you know like we've discussed that it's it's an issue that was supposed to be all about Shang-Chi and I guess maybe Moon Knight was selling, like there wasn't a shang Chi book at the time and Moon Knight was probably selling okay. Yeah. So, hey, chuck Moon Knight in this book. Let's put him on the cover and make it his book, and then we can, you know, you can tie up a little bit of a loose end from your old shang Chi run.
1: Yeah, I, I think I think pretty much that's it. I mean, you've hit some good points here as well. Uh, I do think I, at first I thought that like his his characterizations were a bit a bit off in that he was he was just really kind of like a bit more lighter in that, but mm-hmm. having said that, the '90s run, I think he does hold true to that run. Um, but interestingly, interestingly enough, though, Andrew uh, Mensch hadn't written him in the '90s at all. Um, so, mm. uh, so he's jumping on with this new iteration of Moon Knight, you know, complete with adamantium suit and and uh, wrist blasters. You know, so yeah, this it. is a, a very different Moon Knight to what <laughs> Mensch is. Yeah, to what mentions use? Yeah, so um, so I think I think he actually did a fair go at it, um, with with you know, albeit a character that he he'd written for years, but a very different iteration of that character. So, um, yeah, I I was a bit put off by um, by by the way, I don't know, I guess mostly because he was just tagging along, as we're saying, Mm um, and there's this little bit I just have to laugh at. There was they go up. They go down some massive stairs to like the river Styx, and there's this robotic kind of boatman there, and he goes, "You must pay a price." And Moon Knight says something like, "Oh, what? Like a kick? It just like it just yeah. kicks him into the water." It's like, um, yeah. So, so I don't know. Some of the writing's a bit a bit weird. Um, I know Doug Bench has mentioned he he very much love to write without, you know, bells and whistles and superpowers and stuff. Um so yep. maybe he felt slightly out of his element. But having said that as well, again I draw back to the Master of Kung Fu thirty three to thirty five. So he's written this before. Um uh but yeah, I think it's yeah, very much uh Moon let's let's shoehorn Moon Knight in here mm-hmm. uh, and let's give him the titular um title, uh, you know, the the name. Uh so yeah. Um how about how about Shang-Chi's, uh Are you familiar with much of his his character and his canon?
0: Yeah, I've got a, a good run—not um, okay. a complete run, but a good run of the Master of Kung Fu series in mm-hmm. floppy issues. I, it was one of those ones where uh, I was what challenge. I thought I'll try and get as many of these as I can, and now. This was, you know, a few years ago, and now with the movie coming out, I think Ugh, it's going to be a bit harder to complete that collection. Uh, now. And it's know. probably the same with Moon Knight collectors yes. too. Like, it's going to be so much harder. I know. Um, but there's a lot, like, like you said, it's a really good. It's not. It's a martial arts book, but it's like a James Bond spy yeah. MI6. Like, it's it's a really fun book. And it's, it's really so much good. Like, yeah, yeah, it's so well written, and it's <laughs> it is. it's deep, and it. You know, it doesn't rush through stories in a good way. It's not, you know, mm. let's let's do six issues to tell the origin of Spider Man when everyone yep. already knows it. It's well, we're going to take six issues to tell out this story, but it it adds weight to it and it shows exactly what it needs to for the whole story. And you know, and so I think he's probably a little bit more consistent with him in this one than probably Moon Knight. He writes Shang-Chi a bit more like he did then, um, you know, but he's very. I I can't see him as a very hard character to write in that he's very stoic, so you don't have to you don't have to dream up any flashy one liners for him or anything. You just have to keep him very level. Yep. And so it's probably not a very difficult character to write. It's probably yep. more the people around him that are the harder part where they have to react to him.
1: Yep. Yeah, I, yeah, stoic in in uppercase. I think, I think, <laughs> I think, I think. I mean, I'm no, I'm no writer, but I reckon he'd, I reckon he'd be dead easy to, to write mm. because. Uh, but I mean, having said that, uh, yeah, he, he, Manch writes him very well, and and again, I can't listeners, I can't recommend enough Master of Kung Fu the series. Mm-hmm. It is phenomenal. You'll get drawn into this world. You might be a lot, you know, umming and in the first few issues, but once you get hooked. It's, yeah. it's a fantastic ride and Mensch does a brilliant uh, brilliant uh, piece with it. Um but yeah, Shang uh yeah, I th- I think he's pretty much accurate as well. Um as you say, there's there's not too much to it. Um but yeah, um yeah, not really much else to say about that. Uh now we've got these other so, did you read? Did you have you read that arc um, thirty three,
0: thirty five um, with with Brunaki and Mordillo? I think so. It did when the character popped up. It's been a while yep. since I've read them. But when the character popped up, I sort of went, "Oh yeah, I remember that ki- that weird robot thing." Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. it was sort of it, it triggered some kind of memory in there. Yeah, so it was yeah. like I I wasn't completely lost, but I can see how. If you've never read anything like that, you would just sort of go, "I have no idea who this is." Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> I mean, and so listeners, a little bit of um, a background to it. So there's this villain called Modillo. He had this island. He wanted to, uh, from memory, it's been a while since I read it as well, but he wanted to kind of like you know rule the world or something. Somehow harness. I guess this great power. I can't remember whether it's from the sun or something. He wanted. He had these grand plans, and he had this crazy island. Um, he, he had a robot servant, Brunaki, who we see serves him faithfully. Uh, at the end, he gets literally incinerated. I think um, through the fight with Chongqi. nothing left but bones. So that's what you mm-hmm. see in this in this issue, um, and the the last. Panel of that arc is Bernocki just cradling the skeleton, um, and they all leave the island. And it's kind of a cool ending because you just think, "Oh, this robot's just—it's so devoted to its master, um, and he's clearly dead, but he's just going to be there forever." Like you know, kind of like that those do- you know, stories about dogs that wait for their masters that have died. Oh, um, at the Train Station Armor
0: episode. Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
1: it's <laughs> yeah. something like it's- along those lines. So it, it mm. was a really cool ending. Um, but we see him here. He's obviously taken it a, a step further. He's dressed up his bones of his former master, and he is done like almost a Wizard of Oz thing. Um, how did you think in the limited time that Bernocchi was in this issue? Uh, was he was he done well? Was he a good villain? Uh, what are your
0: it's thoughts? Definitely on a this? strange villain. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's and again, like it's the reveal where it's you know oh, it's Brunocki. and you're like, mm. if you don't know who it is, it's it means yes. nothing, you know. Yep. It, it, it honestly means nothing to you. So it's sort of it works if you know Master of Kung Fu, but otherwise it's, you know, I I think I expected something different. But, yep. yeah, I think if you're a Master of Kung Fu fan, it makes sense. If you're a Moon Knight fan, you would be completely lost, and it wouldn't yes. make a whole lot of sense. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's a pretty yeah. obs-
1: it's a pretty obscure reference like we're talking about um at the time it's what probably a maybe 12 to 15 year mm-hmm. old gap between whenever that story was until when this one was released so yeah. you've got to be pretty on the pulse to actually know <laughs> pick oh. up like to know Branokey go oh shit it's Branokey oh my yeah. god <laughs> you know you'd think most of the people as you say the moon knight fans would just be gone what the hell is this (laughs) bloody crazy thing? So, um,
0: I mean... I want to to hear from somebody who, before even reading the panel, was like, oh, it's (laughs) Branokki!
1: I would like, love that. Uh, yeah, yeah. Got, to re- I mean, there's
0: got to be someone out there. Oh, there's got to be. We got
1: to we got to reach out to the uh, the Master of Kung Fu fan fan club. Um, I'm yeah. sure they would. Um, but we get these very interesting. I'm just going to rattle off some of these characters. Uh, so we mentioned Brunok is the main one. We get robotic bats, um, mm-hmm. Andrew, with lisps. Yeah. <laughs> now, am I missing something here? Was this just a random insert to to try to be funny? Because I think uh, so. It came. I didn't. I. I don't think it worked ultimately.
0: <laughs> no, I think it was just trying to be a bit, a bit different. Like having yeah. Bernacchi. Like I just. I kind of expected bronoki to have the lisp. Like it was his voice yeah. coming out of them, which that didn't happen either. So it no, just. No, I think that would it make sense. Just, yeah. yeah, I think yeah. it was just a bit of a. I'll have a bit of fun with it sort of thing. Okay. Yep, yep. Yeah. Uh,
1: then we have the mummies, as I mentioned, coming out of the pyramids. At least a little something that the Moon Knight fans can c- kind, of, rela- <laughs> kind yeah. of relate to, Egyptology. <laughs> um, but then again, yeah, finally the Pointer brothers. Um, oh, not actually, the Pointer sisters. The, sorry, not the Pointer yeah, sisters. <laughs> <laughs> um, but actually, I'm missing, of course, uh, Blackjack Tar. I mean, he was done mm-hmm. pretty well. He's usually a little, he's kind of like a surly... For me, um, character maybe akin to Dum Dum Dugan, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, in that sense. Uh, yep. He's kind of really macho, uh, kind of hot headed. Um, so I think, I mean, again, in the limited capacity that he was, he he did he did kind of well. Um, yeah, uh, I, I don't know. Any uh, any other final thoughts for this one?
0: I think it's. And I think the book in general, I mean, the second story we'll talk about is a bit strange as well, but it's one of those ones where if you're only a casual fan of Moon Knight, yeah. you probably don't need to read it. It doesn't advance no. anything, it doesn't change anything in his history. Um, I think the, but if you're, you know, if you are a completist, yeah, definitely worth picking up. I think my favourite part of the whole book is the, uh, the the mini posters, the cover gallery, right in between oh, the two stories.
1: Absolutely, I, I just uh, on on the iPad actually, I screenshot all of them because they're beautiful. They're, they're nice. Yeah, they're
0: gorgeous, and you've got you know Gene Collin and. Then- yeah, you know, um, what Don Heck and Ty Templeton and Ron Friends and Joe Sinnott and yeah, oh, Ron you know, Friends, freaking John hell. John Romita doing a Moon Knight cover, like it's yeah, yeah, it's the best, I know. it's the best part of the book, unfortunately. <laughs> that,
1: that, that I get, I think that is that that um, you're not wrong there. Um, also as well, I just wanted to get your thoughts as well because I just wanted to, to cap this, I guess, this story off with. Uh, so when you first came across. Moon Knight Special Edition, and you saw Moon Knight and Shang Chi on the front cover. What were your What were your thoughts on that? We, oh,
0: I thought it was going to be an epic martial arts, yeah, yeah, me too. You know, yeah. big schlocky seventies, mm. you know, beat 'em up something that quentin tarantino would recommend to you if you ever met him at somewhere and it's really not <laughs> yeah yeah
1: uh, yeah I, yeah i was i was kind of dangling the carrot there I, yeah me too I, I had high hopes for this when i first mm. saw it gone awesome my god like two of like i, I love shang chi as well i think it's pretty cool yeah. get to finally see them together let's see what happens uh and yeah the art and everything that we've mentioned um we've previously <laughs> kind of derailed that um now, just briefly, I guess there's a backup story as well uh moon blight the motion picture uh, look i I just frame this andrew as it's it's kind of like a brand Eck uh, yeah, thing definitely. or or a what the kind of thing um, yep. what what did you make of it
0: uh <laughs> I think it holds a bit more weight now that there's a TV show coming out. I think it's it's yeah, it's sort of it's a bit more of a laugh on that because I can see when you read it and they're talking about, you know, oh we'll get Schwarzenegger to play him and Bill Cosby will play his uh, sidekick, which is like Ooh. in 2021, <laughs> you know, it's the, the tug of the collar. You know. <laughs> um, but then they talk about Eddie Murphy and Harrison yep. Ford and like it's very of its time, you know, the yep. actors that were big. Whoopi Goldberg and we'll get – my uh, the the joke I did kind of like and – you said it before. You don't like to mention that other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the, the, we'll get Michael Keaton to play him, and he's going to be murdered. And he'll kill, be killed by some Joker, and it's like, well, that's uh, a, that's pretty funny. I like yeah, those that yeah. yeah, but yeah. it's it's yeah, it's it's a it's a brand deck. It's a what though? It's
1: yeah.
0: it doesn't hold any weight. It doesn't, you know. No. It's just a bit of a laugh, and it's making you know. It, I've always liked that Marvel have a bit more of a sense of humor about their characters than other companies, and they're a bit more likely to poke fun at what they do with the characters yeah so they're more likely to point out that yeah you know what this is a bit goofy or this you know yeah. this guy's powers wane with the moon are a bit bit strange but you know yeah. we'll have a bit of fun with it and they've they've always been like that which i've always liked about marvel
1: yeah, no, um, yeah, me too as well. Uh, just with all those um, famous faces, it kind of reminded me of Mad Magazine. You know how they yeah, kind of really send those things up. Um, no, absolutely. I, I just, I, I laughed at that reference of Michael Keaton and stuff, but a little bit of me was going, Oh my God. I'm hoping no one catches wind of this because if someone posts this up on the internet, it's just those endless comparisons are going to happen again yep. and like, it's like no way <laughs> um but, but uh yeah no I, I think it was good very similar as you said uh, at, you know brand Eck and all that i'm just packed full of information like you mm-hmm. know those are always just fun reads because you can just pour over each of those panels and um and the dialogue and stuff and a lot of it is nonsensical just gibberish you, you know there's yep. that director but it's funny um and it was something i i didn't expect at the end of this special edition but i guess you've got to have you've got to make the issue special right so you know let's make a bumper size and let's give you a second story um it's a nice treat to have marie severin as well yeah, like legend yep. of the of the industry Absolutely. um being and her
0: caricatures are so spot on too oh, like really, the, cool. the one that made me laugh was the um the Dean Martin singing yes, "That's Amore. That yeah. and you know, who ever thought you'd see a buff Dean Martin? But it looks—it's it's so spot on, like it's perfect. I'm, her art is great. Like she's some, yeah. she's so good at the the serious stuff, but she's very very good at also the Mad Magazine sort of inspired stuff mm. as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've seen her stuff from uh, from the Incredible Hulk and Spider Woman, and and she's mm-hmm. she's a great artist. Um, so yeah, no, fantastic. Um, I guess that this may that may aid. The, the the overall score of this Andrew, that backup story. or those posters in the middle may aid it. But if we're <laughs> if we're to look overall, uh at the whole special edition, what can I stamp you down as um, for Moon Knight Special Edition volume one issue one starring. Look, if, it,
0: if it was based on the first story alone, we'd be looking <laughs> we'd be looking at like a quarter moon, I think. I'm a pretty, pretty harsh on it. We I'm, are- gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna bump it up to a. I'm gonna bump it up to a a half moon based solely on those uh, posters, pinups in the middle, because you've got some of the absolute legends of the industry there, and it's like, like I said, it's a a book for a completist, but also, if you if you want to see John Romita draw Moon Knight, then it's probably worth the three bucks, four bucks. This is going to cost you in some shops.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, uh, true. so sorry, uh, Andrew, I was just plugging that in there so I don't want to forget. Um so you've given it a half a moon, five out of ten overall. Uh that's a, a fairly worthy, worthy score. Look, I I um I put mine in there as well. Uh unfortunately it's not as fun, the Conish's rating system, half the moon, same thing. Five out of ten as well. Mm-hmm. Um I just struck a line down the middle. I was actually and And the backup story and the posters did bump it up. It was going to be a four and a half out of five out, yep. out of ten for me um but I just feel that little bit of enjoyment um <laughs> with the backup story um moon Blight, uh and the posters just helped it prop up uh This is something ugh. I might read again if I want to read that arc in The Master of Kung Fu, but I don't see myself revisiting this. I think as you say, it's there to probably tick the box um, of, yeah. you know, this is part of the collection. Um, and look, I've already, as I said, screenshot those posters, so I've got copies that I don't need to <laughs> <laughs> open it yep. again. Um, so yeah, so a 5 out of 10. So Looney listeners, that is uh, that is uh our review, a discussion of of this uh, featuring Shang-Chi, uh, a, a nice clean 5 out of 10 average, um, I usually say go check it out. I'll just say leave it to your discretion. <laughs> um, judge for yourself. Uh, and, uh, if you've got plenty of time, Hey, you might be in lockdown like Andrew or myself. You've got plenty of hours to kill. Maybe this yep. will like knock off, uh, half an hour or something. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, there you go, loony listeners. Well, we'll just take a, a quick short break now. And then, um, how about Andrew? We've just got some feedback to, to round off this show, uh, and see what the loony listeners had to say about this issue. Hello, I'm Alan. I'm Rebecca. And if you're listening to this, then we recommend that you check out our podcast, the DCAU Podcast, where we watch the original DC animated movies, starting from Batman, Masculine Phantasm, and continuing on to Justice League, Dark, Apocalypse War, and beyond. And we will cover such heroes as Batman. Superman. The Batman. Wonder Woman Victorian Steampunk Batman The Flash Batman Beyond Green Lantern Old Man Batman Martian Manhunter And plenty more versions of Batman
0: Lots and lots and lots of
1: Batman You can find the DCAU podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or anywhere else that you can get podcasts by looking up the DC AU podcast and subscribe today.
0: Uh, hi, this is Ian Adama, the writer and director of the fan film Moon Knight Origins. You're listening to the Into the Night Moon Knight podcast.
1: Yes, welcome back, loony listeners. You're listening to Into the Night, the Moon Knight podcast. This is episode 227, and you just heard a, uh, a very heated discussion <laughs> <laughs> uh, between Andrew and myself of, of Moon Knight, featuring Shang-Chi, his special edition number one. Uh, now, Andrew, before we round off this episode, uh, we've got some feedback here. So, I um, oh, look, I, I want... I want uh, to do right by you as a guest. So um, would you be able to do the big one? (laughs) Um, I can, again, kick us off. Uh Sure. Yep, okay. Uh and uh and then we'll just chop and change again, um, between the two. I think that. Uh so from Instagram again, Make Mine Moon Knight. Uh, he writes in and says, uh the story and art both just didn't do it for me enough to enjoy this one. The thing I really like about it is the extra stuff in the back. Hey. Like the fake covers from different eras in comics as if Moon Knight's been around since the golden age. Yeah, uh Make yeah. Mine Moon Knight. I do believe please Hope I'm not wrong. Um, that is Sandy, Sandy uh, Looney Sandy. Uh, so thank you for that. Uh, yeah, pretty much echoing our sentiments there, Andrew. Yeah,
0: pretty much. Um, Josh Johnson on the Facebook group. Uh, I've had this issue for a few years now, but I've been waiting until you inevitably were going to cover it on the show for me to read it. And wow, <laughs> this is definitely not what I expected. I think we said the same thing. <laughs> I had high expectations since Munch is back riding in these were two of the big characters he wrote in the 70s. I haven't read anything of Shang-Chi prior to this, and I thought he was interesting. As for Mooney, it seemed like you could swap him out for Deadpool and the story would be the exact same, maybe even more fitting. While MK can be a little quippy, it was really weird him being used as a comic relief. In fact, this whole issue just seems like it was made up of meme templates. I definitely (laughs) didn't understand the ending or the villain. A real-life cartoon character, huh? Outside of the team-up itself, there wasn't a lot I liked about this story. The art was pretty solid all around, though. Probably my favourite part of the issue was all the backup material, a handful of Silver Age-inspired moonlight covers and a goofy story about making a Moon Knight movie. Fun stuff, but main story of this issue is not very good. I'd rate it a waxing crescent, last quarter moon, 4 out of 10.
1: Yes, thank you, Josh. Uh, Josh Geronimo Johnson, one of our um, valued loonies and Petroni as well, Josh uh, has been on the show, Andrew. He's... Uh, he's- uh-huh. Co-hosted. He's actually even hosted a couple when I've uh, when I've had to take a break. Um, so yeah, Josh is really really good value. I like to call him the custodian as well. He knows his <laughs> his eighties, uh, uh, I think seventies uh, shizzle. So he's is pretty good. But he clearly, Josh clearly had not read any Master of Kung Fu. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brunaki just threw him. I think he did exactly what we were anticipating any Moon Knight fan would um, do. But yeah, Josh uh, absolutely can't agree with you more. I'm just just quickly going through here um yeah i like andrew's take on it i mean you said he could be replaced by deadpool i think andrew you've hit it on the head you could just even take Moon. You can take a character out, and it can just be a Shang-Chi, um adventure. Yeah. I think it really works well. It probably even works better. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. uh, so thank you for that. And again, similar uh, sentiments with the backup material. Uh, next up, we have another uh, Patruni as well. Justin, the Owl Osgood. Uh, Justin was just on the show. Uh, last week, Andrew, um, I really enjoyed this issue a lot. It was great to see Doug Bench pair two of his best creations together for this story, and the concept is so delightfully strange. I love the bizarre and colourful robots. I wouldn't call it the best Doug Bench story, but I still found it to be entertaining. The art was a little hit or miss, however. however. Uh, it would be great to see Moon Knight and Shang-Chi paired for a new story, especially with the former's big screen debut released in the very near future. Um, I also like, well, both of them actually. Um, Moon Knight yeah. And, and, yeah, we're both getting them. I also liked the Silver Age Moon Knight covers. That was a, a nice lighter touch that we don't see a lot in Moon Knight comics in general. Yeah, absolutely. It, it's, uh, thank you, Justin. It's a, a, a great excuse, isn't it, to get f- great artists to just draw your favorite character. I reckon we yeah. need more of these covers, like in, in comics in general, uh, yeah, or maybe definitely. even in annuals or something, you know.
0: Yeah, and not just as you know, uh, very oh, expensive variant. variant covers, but just True. As backup material. You know, that's exactly. that's where all the fun stuff is. Yeah.
1: Well, and one of our um, the co-hosts, as well, Rebecca, she quipped um, a while uh, a while ago, I think. I think on when we we're talking to Jed, that it wouldn't it be great to put all that beautiful artwork in the variants in in the trade, but mm-hmm. like. But with Moon Knight, with forty plus variants, you can have like forty plus pages. Yeah, exactly.
0: But you know what? You know, I don't mind if you get to bump it up by another five bucks or something to put that in there. Like that's fine by me. Or you collect it in, you know, once, or just put out another book that was just the art. Yeah, you know, put out a a forty page issue that's, you know, seven dollars, and you pick it up. You know, the completists like we are would pick it up for just the the variant covers instead of paying. You know, 150 bucks for one of the variants—it's just ridiculous.
1: Yeah, yeah, I know. It's yeah, too expensive. But yeah, I'm not even going to get go there. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. All right. Uh, Why don't you take the last last
1: two? Sorry, Andrew. Yeah, I've got them.
0: Cool. yeah beautiful uh vincent mott i can't help but think the author made him shoo those bats to f- poke fun at the redacted comparison <laughs> excellent <laughs> uh i like this
1: thank you so much vincent i think i i didn't put that together did you did you pick up on no, that no that's
0: no i think of it that i makes think that's more
1: sense yeah i think that's pretty hilarious and uh it actually gives them a bit more purpose than just you know what i thought was random just bats with lisps mm-hmm. so yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, well well done vincent
0: uh, and the final one, Blake Buxton. Wish I liked this book more. should have Should have been a kickass team up. And that's yeah. It's pretty much yeah. what we said as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely, Blake. I think uh, you share a lot of Looney's um, thoughts on here. Uh, so yeah, thank you, Looney's one and all for uh, for dropping in your thoughts. Uh, it was a very interesting issue uh, when I approached Andrew uh, for the show. Uh, we knew it was going to be a modern run review that the question was what to do. I mean, and look, Andrew, as well, like if, if you are amenable to, to, to returning, um, for future episodes, which you are more than welcome. I mean, it's, it's yeah. fantastic having you on. Um, uh, obviously we've covered a, a fair bit in the 200 odd episodes. Uh, but if you want to pick like, you know, to say for instance, if you want to pick, um, Houston's the bottom issue one, which we've covered mm-hmm. a few times, um, Absolutely, don't mind recovering that as well because you know, different person, different views, different perspectives. I think that's that'd be good. Um, but yeah, anyway, uh, uh I, I don't know how I got into that, Andrew,
0: honestly, but <laughs> no, that's fine. No, um, there's, but there's so much like it's funny that you think of you know, Moon Knight's not a, a major character, but he's had mm. so many runs and iterations that there's so much you can talk about, mm. so it's there's always something in there
1: and the beauty of it is as well each of those volumes is just so different mm-hmm. like you know you get people okay for sure your people have their favorites and and they're not not so favorite ones um but you can't deny that each of the creative teams that have come on board have actually tried to bring something different um while while still respecting to an extent, the, yeah. the canon, uh, which I think is fantastic. So you have such disparate volumes between the two. And it looks like, I mean, again, no spoilers, but it looks like Jen McKay is going to be another, another one, um, a very solid start. So, uh, yeah, plenty to look forward to, uh, Loonies, um, as well. So, uh, well, I guess before we wrap it up, uh, Andrew, uh, is there any, anything that, um, for listeners that would have heard Andrew earlier in the week, um, Andrew, Andrew is a creator and a writer, um, releases some indie stuff, horror-based. Uh, anything you'd like to give a plug to, Andrew?
0: Um, so, we, yeah, uh, Cul-de-sac is a, uh, an anthology I wrote with uh, art by Will Playden, who's also an Australian, uh, lives in country New South Wales. Um, it's a uh, horror anthology uh set in the 1950s uh it's australia but we, it could be anywhere really um and it plays on the idea that you don't know what your neighbors are doing behind closed doors like they could be uh have prize roses that uh, have a sinister origin or they have you know they could be people in disguise or mm-hmm. uh, returned from the war and things like that like it just plays up all that and um you know it's the art is hand painted by Will. Like it is gorgeous, and it it, it took him. I always say to people it took him three years to do because mm. you know he he works full time. I work full time, and so he was you know up at two or three in the morning still painting these artworks, wow. and I was working night shift telling him to go to bed because yeah. <laughs> he needed to get up at you know four hours later to go oh, to work. And so it's it was a, a labor of love, and we are so proud of the way it turned out. And you know it's it's available on Comicsology for mm. three ninety nine um, on there um, or. Uh, as I said last episode as well, um, we do have lots of print copies left, but <laughs> we sort of it, – it goes through me. You just hit me up on social yep. media for that um, because we did have a website with I think it was Etsy and it was just costing us too much in other fees yeah. for it to be viable. And it, when it's just a two-man operation, it's, you know, you want to – I don't want to – I'm not looking to make money off it, but I kind of want to make – break even for what we've already spent. Yes. Yeah, yeah no, the you don't want to lose you know? money. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah and yeah. so it's like it was sort of – it was cutting into our costs of what it was for us. So, okay. you know, we're both, you know, uh, got families and worked, working full time and stuff like that as well. So it's, yeah. it's a hobby more than anything. So, you know, yeah. it's, it's just been fun and the reception of it's been fantastic and we just – I love hearing from people talking about the book because it just makes me, you know, proud of what we did
1: yeah it's a fantastic it's a fantastic read Looney's. um i've, I've picked up a copy as well and uh, all the information as always will be in the show notes where you can contact andrew We Uh where, links to where you can buy um the digital version of cul-de-sac and and uh, uh so we'll put that all in there uh andrew it, it's a it is a great for those that do like horror or maybe those that aren't inclined for horror it, it's something worth checking out the artwork is brilliant uh the stories are eerie as hell i actually i just love the um because it is set in Australia, but for me, uh, and and as you said, it's in the fifties. So there's a particular vibe and style to the like the architecture of of the Australia uh, and the environment uh, of Australia, which mm-hmm. I think um, f- being Australian is it, it comes across really really nice. You know, sometimes when you're you're a local of where things are set, you kind of look at it and go, ah. Oh, yeah, you know, that you know, I like, oh, uh you cringe because it's like, mm-hmm. oh, that's. But this actually gives this actually, I think, enhances that kind of spooky, eerie element because because it's in the fifties, because you've got that corrugated iron that, yep. um, you, you know, um, the uh, yeah, it, it's really good as well. So um,
0: it was one of those things that Will he um, he said he spent so much time googling nineteen fifties wallpaper and nineteen fifties carpet right. patterns, and so a right. lot of it it was so much research into yes. the patterns of the you know the the cars that were there at the time, you know, like yes. yeah. one, yes, one of the, the one of the pages has a, um, a blue Volkswagen Beetle in it from that time. Yep. And my mum bought the page off wheel cause she goes that she had that car as a teenager, wow, you know, nice. and he had his, I think it's his other, his uncles or his dad's uh, old FJ Holden in the front yard of one of the houses as well. Like he went and he, the research he did, was incredible. Just to, oh. so it was so accurate.
1: Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Well, it, it's uh, highly appreciated. And Looney's once again, um, worth checking out. Just thinking you might even, oh, might have to speak to you off-air and stuff. Maybe I can do like a, a bonus episode or something um, for, you know, just re- reviewing and discussing it, um, you know. Uh, that would be cool yeah, just yeah. to go through. That would be awesome. Yeah, yeah. anytime. Excellent. Um, well, that pretty much wraps it for this episode. Andrew, a huge thank you for, for your time for both uh, last episode and this episode. Um, I know that you're a busy man and you have family as well. Uh, but, no, a huge thank you.
0: No, thank you for having me on. And, yeah, I'd love to come back anytime. Oh absolutely I'll I'll tap you on the shoulder don't don't you worry <laughs> don't you worry
1: <laughs> um, next phase loony listeners uh, a couple of other doozies coming up Uh, episodes 228 and 229. Now, the first episode, uh, next, topping off next week is an idle chat and we're going to be trying to understand and unpack DID. I thought this would be a very interesting, um, segment to do. And having spoken to actually, Andrew, one of our, um, loony members in the community who actually has DID, Mm -hmm. has has a system, uh, Lena, a big, a big shout out to Lena, um, and Doug, uh, Rebecca and I are going to have a look at DIDC, see, see where it kind of falls flat a bit in the comics, and and how it's interpreted with within Moon Knight, um, and maybe just kind of dispel some misconceptions of DID in general. So uh, you know, a bit of an educational one, uh, and then we will release hopefully. Uh, For US listeners, uh, we'll release it Wednesday night. It will be probably around Thursday. Uh, We're going to be reviewing Moon Knight issue two by Jed McKay and Alessandra Capuccio. So hot off the press. Once it gets released, once it drops on Wednesday, hopefully we'll have uh, a review up shortly after there. So um, catch Rebecca and myself for that one next week. Um, Finally, as mentioned, Patreon, patreon.com slash ITK Moon Knight. Plenty of incentives. Uh, Please check out uh, the webpage and consider becoming a member as well. Uh, Hello Headphones, if you use the code itk ITKMoonNight, you'll get 10% off their online store. So anyone needing headphones, uh, please consider that and use, um, use that code. Also, Dreamland Comics in Illinois, if you're there, use the code MOON to get 20% off their store. Uh, as well, we're affiliate members with Entertainment Earth. So any of your toy action figure needs, um, Andrew, are you a action figure collector
0: or, uh, a- uh it it depends. I have a few. I have a couple of Moon Knight ones and I've got some oh, nice. obscure horror ones and things like that. And <laughs> yeah, yes. and the, the odd funko pop as well as we all do uh, these yeah. days. And, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Me too. Yeah. Um <laughs>
0: Well, yep, yeah, uh, affiliate member of
1: Entertainment Earth, uh and to be honest, Andrew, that's more for us. I think um, again, the postage from entertainment to to Aussies is a bit is a bit large. Let's just say that. Um, but anyway, if you're a US listener, uh, please consider it. And finally, we are part of the collective, uh, so we're part of this repository of comic based comic character podcasts. Really great. It's all informal. So basically, if you search hashtag the collective net on Twitter, um, hopefully that will spring one of these uh, shows, great shows, um, that we're all affiliated with. So a shout-out to DCAU, the DC Animated Universe podcast, hosted by Alan and Rebecca. And also a big shout-out to, say, Happiness in Darkness podcast. It's an Italian podcast hosted by DJ Nick, um, all to do with superhero movies. Uh, fantastic wow. stuff there. So uh, check it all out. Finally, you can contact us on email at idkmoonight at com. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Discord. Get vocal. Uh, we have websites. Our own website is coming soon. Patreons, um, uh, um, that will come soon because, um, Andrew, sorry, we hit, we hit the Patreon mark there. Um, so yep. able to, to start up our own website, which is, we're very happy Fantastic. to do. Uh, so yeah. that's coming soon. Uh, and on Podchaser. And incidentally, if you, um, leave a review on Podchaser or on Apple Podcasts, that would be hugely appreciated. Uh, it just helps us get out there a bit further. Um, Anyway, Andrew, uh, why not, since I still have you here? <laughs> um, I've got like a little moniker at, that I sign off the show with every every time. Um, can I kindly ask you, you uh, send us
0: off to the ether. Certainly. Uh, may Conshu watch over the denizens of the night. Catch you later, everyone.